Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Michelle Evans, and this one is pretty good. Michelle walked away from her global marketing strategy role at Microsoft in 2012 after a successful 16-year corporate career spanning many industries, but now works with a fantastic community of business owners. And in this episode, we're going to figure out how all of that happened. Yeah, I had major flashbacks to starting my own business and leaving the cushy corporate world. And we dive into a look on how that worked for Michelle, why she made that jump, and exactly how she was able to find her comfortable version of selling, which I think is so crucial and definitely under talked about. So take a listen, whether you're contemplating leaving or you're just looking for better ways to land clients. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you ladies today. Yes, we're pumped to have you. And I know when I saw what we were talking about today, I started to have flashbacks, like the kind that like bring up anxiety and the kind that also make me really excited because I too left my corporate job. I like to call it my cushy corporate job and left that for the unknown of entrepreneurship. And it was both a scary and the best thing I ever did. So I'm excited to dive into your story because my friend, you were leaving a job that I'm not sure I would have had the guts to leave. So (laughs) give us a little background here. It seems you have worked at some pretty large companies, namely Microsoft. Yeah, well, I spent 16 years in the corporate world, sort of dreaming the whole time about having my own gig. But never really seen this clear path out, right? And so I ran some global programs in marketing at Microsoft. And I just have to tell you, for probably like the last three years that I was there, I was really wanting to leave. 
And, you know, I love that phrase, the cushy corporate gig, because that's pretty much what it, like, it was. You know, I had money showing up in my account every, you know, twice a month. I had stock options. I had all the benefits. Like I had the cushy stuff, right? The problem was, is that it cost me a lot. I wasn't in charge of who I worked with. I wasn't really in charge of the kind of work I did. And it seemed like my work more and more, it just wasn't jiving with the kind of impact I wanted to have on the world. And it was interesting because of my last probably like 14 months there, I started really exploring like coaching and like, what are these paths that I could take to get myself from my corporate job to doing my own thing? Because again, I just couldn't see that clear path. And I kept, you know, coming up with all these reasons I couldn't do it. I didn't have the perfect name. I didn't have a website. Like I just, I don't know if you had that same thing when you were going through your corporate exodus. Did you ever struggle with any of that stuff? I mean, I did it really quickly. I was in a pressure situation. And so I was being laid off for the second time. And I was like, I could either go through the grind of working with recruiters and trying to find something quickly, or I could use the 30-day notice I was given and get as much done as possible. So I built my website in a weekend and I started having clients like within a week of getting noticed. So, I mean, it was fast and furious for me. I love that. So for me, I just, for, you know, a whole lot of reasons. I mean, we have three kids, we have a mortgage, like all these reasons that I shouldn't do it. I came up with lots of excuses, but when the pain became too much for me, I couldn't say no anymore. So I won this huge award in 2010 and I, 2011, I mean, and I went in on my maternity leave to get this award. And I had a conversation with my boss and he's like, you know what? You got this big award. You did great work this past year, but because you're on maternity leave, the most we're going to give you next year is middle of the road. I know that's no, how no. I was too. No, uh-uh. burn it to the ground. Yeah. And I was like, and this is not, I don't want that to be a reflection on Microsoft. Like that was a specific boss. Oh, sure. Well, and like very reflective of a lot of places, not just that. <laughs> and a lot of people who are so overcommitted to the ego trip of their job that they forget that humans actually work for them and with them. And, you know, if I could have been a cartoon character, like I would have had steam coming out of my ears, right? My face would have been red and I would have been just like, ugh. But I have to say, even though that sucked in that moment and I felt like I had been kicked in the gut, I was like, this is actually a huge gift. This is my, are you going to give up on that dream of having your own business or are you going to take this as a kick in the butt to actually get things going? Now, at that time, I had a seven-week-old baby plus two older kids. So naturally. (laughs) So naturally, I didn't have enough going on. So I decided to start a business. Uh That's usually how it works. Yeah, like just like you. When I went home that night, after years of procrastinating, after months of saying like, I need the perfect website and I need the perfect business name, that night, my business was opened. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking about hearing that moment of other people. I was just talking about it with my dad. He's a realtor and we've been like 
him hawing about getting a different house and where are we going to move and what are we doing? And it's that very similar thing of like, do I want to open this? Do I want to stay in corporate? Do I want to do this? It's that you could go years seesawing like those thought processes. And he said, you know, ultimately it comes down to you think that you want to explore this new business, or you think that you want a new house, or you want a new car, or you want to start a family, whatever it is for you. But ultimately, like you're not going to make a decision until you decide that you are going to do it. You can want to do it, and you are going to do it are two completely different things. And like that click just has to happen for people, no matter how big or small, for you to actually see movement. I could not agree more. I love that because that's what it was. Like I was coming up with all these crazy, like, I can't do it because of this. I can't do it because of this. When the pain was too much, it was like, there's nothing that's going to stop me. Right. Yep. (laughs) So what did you do? What were your first steps? You said it was open that, that night. Like, was it, you took the rest of your maternity leave and set it all up? Like, I'm just wondering what the trajectory was for you. Yeah, I actually, so that was in August of 2011. And I didn't leave until January of 2012, because I wanted to finish my maternity leave. And then what I was doing was, I just started, I made a list of everybody who I knew, like, I just went on to LinkedIn and exported a list. And I was like, okay, these are all potential people that could have work that I could do for them. And then I just started reaching out to people. I was having coffee dates. I was having phone calls. I was having lunches with people, toting my little baby with me, just trying to connect with people and see like, what are the pains that you have? What's going on? And I actually lined up so much. I wasn't ready to take business because I wanted to finish my maternity leave. But I lined up so much business that when I stepped out of my corporate job, I stepped right into more than replacing my income. Yes. I love that. That's very similar to Abby's story. And I think people like people forget that in the beginning of anything, like it takes you kind of hitting that literal pavement to get things moving. And once that momentum starts, like your business can shift or you can start to get clients in a different way. But Abby did a very similar thing of coffee dates and and going through her Rolodex of people and sitting down just to get clients in the door and land it. And I think it takes that for you, did it help you feel confident that you were doing the right thing because you were able to load up your roster already? Yeah. And I realized, I mean, look, websites are great and all that stuff, but the truth is I just needed to get out there and start talking to people and find opportunities. They weren't saying, Oh, Michelle, you know, I need to see that website and I need to see like a hundred blog posts before I think that you're a business, which is kind of yep. the where it's your portfolio, yeah, which was a story that I was telling myself in my head. And people were like, no, you know, I know the quality of work that you can do. Yeah. Let's talk about how we can work together. Yeah. She's just reiterate every, yeah. everything I've been everything. saying for years, people. <laughs> yeah. I'm really passionate about when you start a business, like, sure, there's a ton of strategies to market and grow, but people to people is the fastest, the most effective, the easiest to close, like the bigger contracts you're going to get, like all of it. I just want, <laughs> I know some of you are scared to meet with people because you think people are scary. I promise you they're just like you. They have the same shit going on. They're busy. They have lives. Some of them have kids. Some of them are workaholics. Some of them are addicted to a whole bunch of other stuff, but we're all human and we all have stuff going on. 
And if you just be another person to another person and you can relate on how you can work together and grow together, people will pay you. Yeah. Yeah. So what I find interesting it's, I think it's rare to see someone who's worked so long in the corporate industry and do really well. So 16 years, making a great salary, like getting awards, also have the same level of skills it takes to be an entrepreneur. Like usually those things are two completely different people, but yet you're packaged in the same person. So how does that work? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about that because part of the reason why I was constantly thinking and wishing about having a business is that I had this friction. Like I always had this approach to my corporate career of it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. (laughs) And I think that that is something that, you know, every entrepreneur needs to have, right? Is I'm going to figure out what feels the best or what is most in line with what my skill set is or the impact I want to have or whatever it is. And that's what I'm going to go passionately sell. And that's how I built my career, you know, and yes, sometimes it got me in trouble and sometimes it's made people really uncomfortable, but a lot of times really great stuff happened from that. And I have to, I mean, I'm so glad that you brought this up though, because when I stepped out into my business, it's almost like I retracted that part of myself. And like I had these person to person meetings and people were hiring me and that was great. But when it came time for me to pitch myself to be a, a guest blogger or to be on a stage or to be on a podcast, like I would find myself really almost shrinking initially because it was hard for me to sell myself ver- where it was very easy for me to sell somebody else's product or service or program or whatever. And so I did have some really big growth spurts that I needed to go through in that area. What do you think gave you the confidence or the will or the cojones to like go after these things? And then how did you approach having those conversations? Because I know a lot of our audience is like, okay, I get it. Like you, you, you told me a million times I need to talk to people, but they don't know how to start conversations because we have a very socially awkward audience. <laughs> I love you guys. Well, like, I mean, welcome. You're welcome home. <laughs> yeah. like, Let's all, you know, pour a glass of wine or coffee or whatever and kick yeah. up our heels because we're all in good company. You know, for me, it was kind of the socially awkward stuff. I mean, a lot of times, I'm not even going to lie. In the beginning, I was waiting for people to say, how can I hire you? How can I work with you? Like I was asking a lot of questions and being really interested. And sometimes they would proactively say, you know, are you thinking about leaving your job? Or, you know, I heard you just left. Do you have space for another client? Okay, that is what I wanted is for people to open that all the time. Yeah. And it doesn't happen all the time. Like there are certain gifts that come to you, right? And then you need to figure out how to make it happen. So, so, you know, how it happened for me is like, I stepped into all of these contracts and all of this work right away because I had closed that business while I still had a paycheck and I wasn't like relying on it. As those contracts started running out, I was like, oh boy, I need to figure this out. I need to get better at, you know, proactively opening these conversations with people. And so, you know, I hate to say it, but for me, it was a lot of trial and error and being like, 
why didn't I ask for the business? Like, what is the story that's happening up in my head about why I don't say, hey, is this something that you want to move forward on? Is this something like just asking a simple question? And I had to get really honest with myself about what I thought about sales, about the place I was coming from as I was having these conversations of fear and desperation versus, hey, I can really help you solve this problem. So it took some bumpiness and some working with a coach, to be honest, of like deconstructing what I was making these conversations mean. Because I was making them mean a whole lot more than anybody I was talking to. Of course you were. Always. (laughs) That's a human thing to do. And that's definitely a female woman thing to do. (laughs) Like, I think our gut reaction is to just make it out to be this super personal, like, if they don't want to hire me, like, I'm awful and ugly, and my work sucks, and I should just go live in a home. Yeah, and nobody likes me, everybody hates me, and I just need to pack it up. Yes. Well, and, you know, as I continued down that path, I decided to join this really high-end mastermind, because the person leading it is amazing to this day at sales. And I was like, I want to be like that. I want to be so confident. And I learned a lot of good lessons from this. And when I say high-end mastermind, I'm talking like it was $30,000 a year plus travel and events, right? Girl, you're gutsy. It took me three years to pay someone $18,000 and still have a hard time with it. I want to make this work. Like, I want to figure this out. And I know this is my problem, right? (laughs) So I joined this mastermind and one thing that I took away from this, so I'll just give you the the short answer first is you got to find the sales style that works for your personality. A hundred percent. Her personality could not be more different than mine. (laughs) So as I'm joining this and I'm trying to emulate her, it is not working Uh -uh. at all. Uh And I'm getting like more and more desperate as the days go by. After joining this mastermind, I did over 50 events in a nine-month period of time. Now, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm super introverted, but I'm definitely not like 50 events in nine months extroverted. That was super taxing on me energetically. And just, you know, I'd go to these events and I'd be a speaker up on stage or I'd have a trade show booth or both. And I'd be meeting people, meeting people, Right. And I'd come home with these giant stacks of business cards and her, and my mastermind mentor's whole thing was get on the phone and just start selling. And for me, <laughs> I literally, I, I want to yeah. go to bed. Like that makes me tired. It, it also made me physically ill. Oh, yeah. Sick. Like yes. I'm, I'm, I'm. Did you end up in the hospital? I mean, it's like making me itch right now. Like you guys. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, that sounds awful. So I would call these people and I would be making friends, right? Like I'd be like, how was the event? So I went nine months, 50 events, thousands of people I've met, thousands of business cards, phone calls, you know, all this stuff. And I didn't make a single sale. And it was, I just woke up one day and I was like, "I, I can't keep going like this. And the mentor coach was really against a lot of the stuff that I was trying to sell. So there were, there were a lot of mismatches here, right? And so I was like, I am done listening to your advice. I'm going to go back to a really simple marketing funnel. Like I've done all this work to get people into my community, into my email list and all that stuff. I'm going back to a simple marketing funnel. I rolled that bad boy out. And in three weeks, I sold more than $60,000. 
And I didn't become a new person. Like I wasn't suddenly a master salesperson. I was the same person. But that is when I was like, you know what? You, re- I really have to learn to trust myself and trust that I don't have to become somebody else in order to be successful. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. One of our good friends, Britt Colo, does this. She teaches people how to market to their personality type and what feels good. And nothing resonated with me. Like, I love the work that she does because I was just like you. I, I made the decisions a lot faster because I was literally just going to like 
be a super panic attack and hide underneath bed if I didn't. But in the very beginning of growing my business, so I started as a photographer and and would close my my big invoices in person in front of other people. And I had a lot of people in my ear of like, you know, pick up the phone before and get them to spend this much before and call them after and ask them to add this thing on. And I tried some of those things and I was literally like would throw up in the bathroom before or after the call. And I'm like, if that's how I'm going to make money, I don't want to do it. I I can't sign up for that. I will literally go find something else. But because we can all be successful in a way that feels good to us, like I knew that that wasn't my only option. And so like for anyone listening, like if you feel like you don't have to spend $30,000 to learn that mistake (laughs) or learn that lesson, if you're trying something now that deeply, deeply feels icky, there is another way to go around it. But there's also a difference in like not selling at all (laughs) because you're nervous or you're anxious. And so I'm glad that you found a way that that did work for you. Instead of just, yeah, you know, yeah, instead of just giving up on it. And I'm so glad that you said that because part of the reason I share that story is that I think a lot of us, we see these people who are quote unquote successful and we feel like, oh my gosh, I need to be just like that. Cause I've talked to tons of my clients and people who are in my community who feel like that too. And I'm like, no, what you need to do is give yourself permission to be you. And then have a system around you that supports you being you and attracts the people who, yeah, yeah, because you works. works. (laughs) There's, there's no like you, there's no box that an entrepreneur needs to fit in. I mean, the most successful entrepreneurs are really, really outside of the box because they're just being themselves. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I just Just saved everybody a lot of money. (laughs) Be yourself. (laughs) Yeah, oh, you're yeah. welcome. Well, yep. and I'm even thinking about a couple people we've, you know, debated about hiring that mm-hmm. I know deep down, even though I'm super attracted to them, they're not in line with how I work. And I'm just yep. like, you know what? Mm-hmm. You really said some things that I'm like, as much as I like you, I think this would be a bad decision for our business. And yeah. That's three years into it and half a million dollars and more. Like, I feel mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so if I we all make these mistakes at every stage oh, of yeah. business, like, it's not they come big or small for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, what did end up working for you? I want to dive into your the simple thing that turned into 60,000 really quickly. Was it emails? Like, did you go back to like, like cold calling people you had no. friended on LinkedIn? Like, what were you doing? <laughs> no, no. She never picked up the phone ever again. <laughs> no, what I realized is that I need to frame up the conversation that I want to have so that I'm not in the moment mm-hmm. feeling like I have to, I mean, the stories in my head were being manipulative. Compensate. You know, yeah. I just, I didn't yeah. want that. I wanted people who wanted to engage with me for the specific service I was going to offer them. Not who just wanted to talk yeah. or who I had to ask all these questions of. Well, because it kind of feels like you're picking people off the street to come listen and not one of them may be actually caring a thing about what you're saying. And so let me talk to people who I know yes. are actually interested. And, and I can feel yeah, good and it's about a win-win it. all around. And so for me, I mean, I'd spent all this time going out and getting all of these people into my business. So like I had already done a lot of connecting with people. So I just rolled out some emails. I made a really simple PDF super fast and easy. And I said, Hey, if you want this, click here. 
They didn't have to opt in. They were already on my list. And once they clicked it and downloaded it on the very next page, it said, okay, so it was about how to create a marketing funnel in your business. And it said, hey, this PDF is going to get you started, but you know what will get you there even faster? is talking to me so I can tell you which marketing funnel is right for your business. And you know, if you want to sign up, sign up right here. I had to close that down. So I had originally written, I think, like six or seven emails. I had to close it after the third email because my calendar was packed. And I had 26 yeah. calls. Every one of them showed up, which was unusual. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's they were all ready of. to have the conversation that would lead to a sale. Because once they signed up for that PDF, mm-hmm. they got some emails and case studies about why this was so important. And so they were ready. They knew what the value was already. And they just wanted to know, how does this apply to my business? From there, I had 12 easy sales. I had like three or four people on a waiting list. Plus I had a couple people ask me for the same sort of thing. So I had a new product that I could roll out as well. I I had money in the bank and I was just like, this is magic. And then the best part is, yeah. and, and I had used one like that prior to my mastermind. So it's not like I created it out of thin air. It's just that I had stopped using it. And I was like, sure. I need to trust this. But then the best part is I could use it over and over. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have to keep recreating the wheel. I could just yep. get more people into my funnel, right? Yeah. I love that. I'm sitting here. My brain is churning. I'm like, okay, we have these type of warm people sitting on our email list. What is the thing that we could send them that's like... Let's talk. Let's figure out, you know, where you need to go and where you yeah, need to be in Yeah, just setting the stage for yeah. the conversation that will help them and that you want to yeah. have. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's so funny because, you know, as as your business grows and changes, like you get away from some of the things that initially led to your success from the start. And like it's funny seeing you come kind of full circle from coffee dates of people who were maybe not your ideal client, but just like feeling everyone out to virtual coffee dates with people who were absolutely your ideal client that you're trying to figure out. So it's all the same method, really, at the end of the day, human to human connection, picking up the phone or going to coffee. It's all the same. So it's interesting to see that it worked like throughout yeah, the growth and, of your business. I mean, the real shift for me in the beginning is I was just trying to figure out like, does anybody even need me? Yeah. What am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> what do people need? Right. And I wasn't right. in that that like desperate, oh my gosh, I have to make a sale mode. When I got into that desperate, I have right. to make a sale mode. It's like I forgot that I was actually talking to humans who actually had problems that I could help them with yep. because I was so stuck in my own problem. And so when I stepped back from that and said, okay, yep. here's how I can help you first, the magic just happened. Yeah. So I want to talk about before we go kind of the evolution of like, what did your business look like from, you know, the first quarter of you starting it and landing those first clients to now how has it shifted? And does it look different than and do you offer things differently? Do you do you have a different title now than when you first started? Because I feel like a lot of people feel a lot of pressure in deciding what their business is going to look like when they're leaving their job or starting it. And so I would love to kind of hear yeah, how yours has evolved over the years. My business looks nothing like it looked when I first started. You know, when I first started, yeah, I literally took any business that came my way. So that's good yep. because it let me get a broad view of different kinds of clients and different kinds of work. But it was really tough because 
every single person I was doing work for was like starting over from scratch. I didn't have a program or process that I was going through that made it easier. And I didn't really realize until maybe about nine months in how much it would streamline my business if I had similar processes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, So I, I, I had to figure that out. And then also when I first started my business, I did a lot of corporate work. So I did a lot of consulting. And then I also worked with, I coached people who wanted to leave a corporate job like I did. So my focus in the corporate stuff, I was doing a lot of like marketing funnel stuff. But for the coaching that I was doing, it was more about people trying to discover is entrepreneurship right for me. I don't do that anymore. At that time, that was really authentic to who I was and where I was in my journey. But I'm now so far removed from it that it does, it's not as, it's not as authentic. So I had, I just kept evolving and I'm so glad that you asked that because I thought I had to have it all figured out too. Like I thought I had to have this five, 10 year plan. Mm -hmm. Nothing has gone according to plan. It's really just being in touch with, okay, this kind of work is really great. And I feel really good about it. And I love these kinds of clients. This kind of work takes a lot more of my energy Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel as great. And I don't want to do that. And just being okay with saying no to some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I know we've talked a lot about focus in the past and how much it can help your business. But if I'm being very honest with you guys, our business is not the same as it was when we started. And it changed over and over and over and over again. And I feel like we're on the fourth or fifth reiteration of what it actually is and how we make money and how we sell things. And that's okay. Like, I think that's kind of the life cycle of an entrepreneur. I don't know. I feel like if you're just trying to utilize the same strategies or sell the same thing into infinity, like you're either going to burn out or you're going to sell out and like one or the other is going to happen. And so Mm -hmm. having that flexibility, I think is really important. And I think you being honest with yourself, Michelle, about saying, you know, I'm too far removed from this process that like, I feel weird coaching people through it because that's not where I'm at anymore. Yeah. And that was a big thing for us to even kind of tackle. Mm -hmm. And it's come up multiple times. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I mean, unless you're like constantly getting re in touch with what that feels like, like for whatever that means to you, it's really hard to help people through something that was so far removed. Well, I'd love to jump into talk strategy to me. And a lot of these people are looking for like very specific, tell me what to do. I'm getting out my pen and paper. I'm going to write a checklist. Hold my hand. hand. Mm -hmm. If you could give them three to five action steps they could take in the first 30 days of attempting to leave a job, what are those things that you would suggest they start with? Yeah, I would say, I mean, the number one thing is really find a problem that you can solve. Because people will pay money to have a problem solved. And a lot of times people will say things like, well, I don't solve problems. I do something that's, you know, feels good or whatever. Right. And there's a reason why somebody would want to hire you for that. Right. So find out what those are, what the problem is, what the pain is, what the story is that they have around that. If you can find what that is, it's so much easier to frame up why you are valuable. Why, like, why hire you? Because what people are thinking, what I found out is they want to know why you, 
why this offer that you're giving me and why now? Like, why shouldn't I wait? And so if you can get comfortable with that, find out what that problem is that you're solving and then create an offer that really speaks to that, it's, I mean, I can give you lots of, lots of strategies and tactics to get it out there, but it starts with those two nuggets. And and then just like we were just talking about, Emily, is give yourself permission to evolve over time. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. You can have an offer for 30 days, 60 days, you know, six months and say, okay, now I've learned a lot about this. Now I'm going to evolve it. And that's fine. Yep. Yep. I would rather you do that than sit and wait to perfect whatever thing you think you're going to put out into the world. Yeah. Because there's just so much opportunity and people Mm -hmm. more and more. I mean, you know, I left my corporate job in January of 2012 and I thought then the gig economy was big. It's huge. It's just growing more and more. And people are so comfortable hiring, you know, contractors or vendors. They're looking for people. Absolutely. Yeah. The world needs whatever you want to put out into it. So you might as well start now. Yeah. And then you just need to, and then the other piece, when we were talking about, you know, giving yourself permission to be you, one tool that I use a lot is the how to fascinate. I don't know if the two of you have used that before, or if your friend has something, but how to fascinate was created by Sally Hogshead. And she is a creative, a massive creative, but she has 49 different archetypes about how you show up best in the world. And it's a piece of work that I use with all of my clients, because once you really own what your key strengths are and what make you really irresistible to other people, and you give yourself permission to be more and more of that, it is really incredible how much easier your marketing is because you're not looking to be like somebody else or for permission. You just say, okay, I know that innovation is my big thing, or I know that, you know, warmth is my big thing, or I, you know, whatever. And it can just show up in how you engage with people, how you create a website, how you do social media, you know, whatever. And it will work because it's you. It's how it's bringing out the best strengths in you. So those are probably the three things that I would start with. If you literally were starting from scratch, I would not say like, yeah. go create a website or anything like that. I would say focus on the human right. human connection. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you so much for being here. How about you let everyone know where they can keep hanging out with you online? Yeah. So my digital home, my digi home is at michellelevans.com, which for those of you who are starting your business, like somebody owns michellevans.com and they want $8,000 for it. And I was not going to spend that much money. So I just stuck my middle initial in there and it's worked great. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And it's $10 instead of $8,000. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so it's michellelevans.com and all of my social media and my podcasts are there. So Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. 
You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.